If you're not already a subscriber to the London Review of Books, now is the perfect time to try. Sign up for just £5 a month and treat yourself to some of the world's best writing from Europe's leading magazine of culture and ideas. Subscribe now while you're listening to this podcast at lrb.me forward slash now. That's lrb.me forward slash now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the London Review Bookshop. Welcome to the London Review Bookshop. And a warm welcome to our speakers, Laszlo Krasner-Hawkeye and Colm Toybean. Uh, we're re- really pleased to have two such illustrious writers here with us tonight for the first in the Literary Friendships events in our World Literature series. Uh, just a quick, quick word of introduction before I hand over. Laszlo, for those who are not familiar with his work, is one of Hungary's finest contemporary writers, with seven novels, I think it is, published in Hungary, three of which we have on sale here, all translated into English, by the great translator and poet George Surtees, who I believe is here in the audience tonight. Delighted to see him. Um, We also have Animal Inside, a book uh, Laszlo produced in collaboration with the artist Max Neumann uh, for the Kaye series of literary essays. Uh, Laszlo has won numerous literary awards, including the Kossuth Prize, one of the top awards in Hungary, and the Best Book of the Year Award in Germany for the Melancholy of Resistance, and the Bruch, Bruch Berlin, excuse my uh, pronunciation, prize for his novel Siebo There Below, which I believe is going to be published in English next year. Satan Tango, originally published in Hungary in 1985 and made into a film in 1994 by Bella Tarr, has recently been published in English by Tusker Rock. The Guardian called it a monster of a novel, compact, cleverly constructed, often exhilarating, and possessed of a di- distinctive compen compelling vision. His work generally has won international acclaim. W.G. Sebold wrote, the, univers- the universality of Krasnohorkai's vision rivals that of Gogol's dead souls and surpasses all the lesser concerns of contemporary writing. And Susan Sontag called him the Hungarian master of the apocalypse. <laughs> Colm Toybean will be more familiar to most of you. He's the author of numerous books, novels, short stories, plays, literary criticism, essays, travel memoirs, and is recognised as one of Ireland's finest contemporary writers. He's twice been, twi- twice been shortlisted for the Booker Prize. He won the Costa Novel Award in 2009, and in 2011 he won the Irish Pen Award for his contribution to Irish literature. His new book, The Testament of Mary, is just out from Penguin. I'm sure he'll be delighted to sign copies at the end of the talk, as I'm sure will Laszlo for his books. Um, talk's going to last for, I'm not sure how long, 40 minutes or so. Oh, very long, I think. <laughs> and um, you'll have a uh, chance to ask questions once it's finished, so please think of things to ask uh, as we're going along. 
Once again, thanks for coming. I'll now hand over. Okay. Um, George, I wonder if you would just come up in a while and just talk to us a bit about translating the book. Just if you could, so if you could just, while we're doing the beginning, if you could think about that for a while. So you're just, because I think it'd be re- it's, it would be really interesting to hear you, if you don't mind. Um, I just want to start by um, asking Laszlo to read a text. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I don't need anything from here. Translated by Mr. George Sirtesh. I will leave everything here, the valleys, the hills, the paths, and the jaybirds from the gardens. I would leave here the petcocks, heaven and earth, spring and fall. I would leave here the exit routes, the evenings in the kitchen, the last amorous gaze and all of the city-bound directions that make you shudder. I would leave here the thick twilight falling upon the land, gravity, hope, enchantment and tranquility. I would leave here those beloved and those close to me, everything that touched me, everything that shocked me, fascinated and uplifted me. I would leave here the noble, the benevolent, the pleasant, and demonically beautiful. I would leave here the budding sprout, every birth and existence. I would leave here incantation, enigma, distances, inexhaustibility, and the intoxication of eternity. For here I would leave this earth and these stars, because I would take nothing with me from here, because I've looked into what's coming and I don't need anything from here by George Sirtes I suppose if we want to start by talking to you about the different Easts which you represent but the first East maybe um, that if you would talk perhaps about Japan and about China and about what, the, what, what meaning they have for you as a writer. Um, maybe we start first with Japan. Yeah, these, uh, these uh, few lines was written. These few lines was written uh, in Kyoto. And uh, this is absolutely different uh, text uh, which I wrote before, and uh, which I, which, which which I will write after this uh, time, because in Kyoto I I saw uh, a so wonderful kind of beauty, a so wonderful background of uh, of uh, eternity, and uh, after that in Kyoto. I I thought that uh, if it is possible on earth, what could be in the heaven? And after that, after that, uh, I wrote this text that everything which is very, very important for us, everything is so unnecessary because after that, after that, after that, is coming something 
uh, this is really a wonder. Um, I want to ask you also about China in the sense that did anyone, I think now, who travels in China from here and tries to make sense of it, certainly I do, I, I fail. I cannot make sense of it. I cannot make sense of this materialism. I cannot make sense of the things they laugh at. I cannot make sense of the Chinese future. I cannot make sense of the Chinese past. And um, I know this is something that has preoccupied you, and I wonder if you could perhaps in just talk a bit about your sense of that. Mm, this is... Uh, uh, to say something about, uh, about uh, China is more easier... Much, much easier, pardon, much easier than about Japan because uh, uh, after a while, after so many fights, to know something about China is, uh, is, is possible. But uh, the situation in Japan is absolutely different. If you go closer to Japan, you are absolutely lost. The, 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 the right movement always back from Japan, back from Japan. And so perhaps remains something in your head or in your heart about uh, ideal uh, uh, beauty from the old Japanese culture. China is a different case. China is difficult, of course. China is different, and China is not a country. China is uh, a continent, and uh, <coughs> you can find almost everything which could exist in this in this country, but uh, but uh, uh, you can find years long. Of course, uh, you have you have you have fight. Uh, uh, so uh, when did you go there? When did you go there first? First, yeah, that was uh, my first uh, accidentally trip uh, to Mongolia. That was my aim, and uh, when I was in Mongolia. <coughs> Uh, that was absolute shocked. Uh, when was that? It was a big shock when? for me, 1990. And uh, I sat in a so-called hotel in Ulaanbaatar. That was indescribable, really. And uh, I am not able to, to, to say anything about this hotel and <laughs> <coughs> about Ulaanbaatar in 1990. Uh, that was more than interesting. interesting. And uh, in this hotel, I looked a map, uh, a world map. And I told my partner that... Uh, uh, please uh, look at this map. Here is Budapest. Here is Ulaanbaatar, and here is Beijing. Perhaps we are here in Mongolia or in this territorium first and last. What would be if we try to find a way uh, further to China? And so. <coughs> with the Trans-Siberian Express, we we could find that was not easy. That was uh, actually the money, a ticket to China. That was actually the money in Mongolia, 1990. Not the uh, not the not the exact money. 
And so I was in Beijing, and uh, in Beijing, 1990, that was a very interesting time. That was, that was, that the smell was a little bit different than uh, than uh, than before. People said, and uh, I was actually almost always drunk. Actually, because of the happiness that I am in Beijing, but. I hadn't idea why I am so happy. Not because of the whiskey, but uh, because of Beijing. That was the reason. And I tried to find out why. And I, I went uh, in a different places in, in Beijing. And uh, suddenly, very, very quick, uh, I understood that I am not... Uh, <coughs> In China in 1990, but I am the, in the last uh, uh, the last uh, empire which exists uh, from uh, a very old time, and that was the reason of my 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 happiness, and it remains in me. Uh, uh, meanwhile, the China has uh, elementarily changed, but and. But are you talking about ideas of, of sensing the past, of getting a sense in China of layers and layers and layers of, of, of earlier, ex, earlier experience or, his, or history mm. or even a sort of spirituality? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm I found that, but I am not sure today that uh, this uh, spirituality, there was, there was, mm, especially now. Yeah, yeah. Because everything lie today and this is a process that was uh, a few years after 1990 when I was first um, uh, started this process and uh, this is uh, this is absolute uh, uh, that was absolute uh, destruction of the uh, old uh, uh, cultural elements everything uh, um, Every 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 old things, which they remained, uh, uh, wanted wanted people to sell, and uh, this is uh, much worse today than before. You have uh, absolute big luck if you find anything, which is really, which is really uh, real. Uh, in some museum, but uh, the museum means for the Chinese uh, intellectuals absolutely different than, than for us. Uh, <coughs> many of uh, the Chinese intellectuals uh, uh, don't like very much the museum because uh, they they say the museum is uh, belongs to the European culture, who imagine that uh, uh, the object is the place of the value of the culture. For us, they say, uh, for us, the, the essence of the Chinese spirit uh, lies not in, in there, there is not in, a, in an object, not in a building, not in a sculpture, a, pic, a, a painting, but uh, in, the, in, the, in the writing, in the, in the written culture, and this is actually nowhere, yeah? In the in the spirituality, in the space, in the empty space, and 
and I, I, and there you, you there in this empty pace you have you have uh, you have luck you have you have possibility to find something from the old, old Chinese culture nothing. yes you, you mean in, um, yeah. so that when you when you began to write about this <coughs> this idea that a, that an object has no value or an object from history has no value but there is value and the value is in not only the written but in something that isn't even to be seen. Mm. Is that correct? Absolutely correct, yeah. Uh, uh, the situation is uh, uh, much tra- tragic uh, uh, today because if you go to a temple, uh, <clears throat> especially to a Buddhist temple, you find a, 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 a tourist at- attraction uh, um, mainly. And uh, and uh, I can I cannot uh, I cannot uh, suggest uh, nobody actually to go now to China, except except of the Chinese intellectual because uh, actually in in their in their in their spirits in in, in 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 their conversations you can find something from the old old spiritual power. Um, I suppose in thinking about this book, Satan Tango, the, the, that idea of um, objects and that idea of removing the need for objects in the novel and seeing if the novel could live in another space is an extremely important element in the novel. Um, that, in other words, the tradition of the novel, especially the one we have here, is filled with things. The, the novel is a secular space, you know, I, I was talking, talking about Jane Austen, say in Jane Austen, <laughs> you know, that no one ever prays or mentions God. There are no miracles in our novels. Mm. That, in other words, people want to get married to someone who has 10,000 a year, mm. but they don't really think about anything more than that. Mm. And um, it's very difficult in a novel to suddenly have God interfering in the actual antics of the novel. God, we, we keep God out of our novels. We keep God out of most things. And um, if you bring a, a God into a novel, it's sort of dynamite. Um, but in Satan Tango, there are times when it's filled with objects. I mean, you have a cat, and you have rat poison, and you have milk. It's pretty good stuff, the, the, rat, the cat the rat poison and the milk it's absolutely filled with there's a cardigan all those things are there but you you really suspect those things you want to move away from them mm. it's almost as though if you're a painter and you had some paint the last thing you would do would be to represent mm-hmm. you would you would want the paint to drip mm-hmm. in a way you want language to mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. rather than language to you want you want language to move to dance to to have a sort of life of its own in the sentences. But the objects are secondary, and indeed the sort of secular space is secondary. Mm. So that's a long speech. Um, uh, could you just, uh, no. I'd love if your answer was longer than the speech. I'm, I'm very happy because uh, 
you deserve some normal English uh, language uh, next to, next to my. And uh, in, 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 in this novel, uh, the Satan Tango uh, plays, uh, uh, plays uh, the god uh, uh, Maxim uh, secret role. Actually, he plays the, uh, the, the other power from, from the heaven. Uh, uh, plays he, here in this, uh, in this novel a spatial role, uh, but not the god. This is a uh, this 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 country of the novel. This place, the space of the novel, is really empty, uh, and this is really a um, a losted, a lasted, uh, earth uh, of 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 God. Perhaps uh, this this character uh, you mentioned this uh, small. Child, who is, uh, who 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 has a possibility to uh, in 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 her death, to to meet uh, with uh, with a with a, with a heavenly mechanism. I mean, it's but a shocking, most shocking moment in the book, towards the end of the book, when the small child, who is dead, begins to rise and float and be again in the world, but not for the first. Uh, experience uh, the, the the heavenly me- mechanism uh, doesn't work uh, so good, and uh, uh, there are some problem with this uh, with this uh, way, with this method, uh, this uh, this small child uh, to leads into the heaven. Do you remember? Only the second times. Uh, uh, they has uh, they have some success <coughs> this transport to the heaven and uh, that uh, that means that uh, in the in the in the seventies eighties i i couldn't write about god and i didn't want to write uh, about the god especially because uh, in the hungarian and uh, other Poetry that was a little bit too much God in the in the in the poems and uh, in the philosophy too and uh, and uh, my experiences uh, from this two uh, twenty years seventies uh, and eighties um, I I never I never met. met uh, uh, I never met uh, the God, and uh, only people who who loved or who forget him. But uh, only the people, only the people was there. Only the people played some some role in the existence, not the God. Can I, and, can I just make sure that everyone can hear at the back? Everyone can hear. Um, nonetheless the novel deals with spiritual questions rather than material questions. Mm. Mm. Page 120. Okay. The question is wonderful, but uh, I, I, I couldn't answer... This is too too difficult for me. 
Right. I'm not so clever. What? I'm not so clever. Um. Uh, which part do you, um, do you want to find? Right. He continued. Yeah. Look at it, look at this. He continued. It's, it's not a page 120. I'm wrong. It's, it's, um, it's page 145. He continued gazing at the sky, examining it, thinking that somewhere, however far away, there must be an end to the great tent extended above them, since quote it is ordained that all things must end unquote. New quote. We are born into this sty of a world, he thought, his mind still pounding, like pigs rolling in our own muck, with no idea what all that jostling at the tits amounts to, why we're engaged in this perpetual hoof-to-hoof combat on the path that leads to the trough or to our beds of dusk, end quote. He buttoned himself up and moved to one side to be directly under the rain. Go wash my old bones, he grumbled. Give them a good wash since this ancient piece of shit won't be around much longer. He stood there, his eyes closed, his head thrown back because he longed to be free of the obstinate, ever-recurring desire to know at last, now that he was near the end, the answer to the question, what is the point of Futaki? Because it would be best to to resign himself now, to resign himself to that last moment when his body dropped into the last ditch, to drop into it with the same enthusiastic thud you expect from a baby saying hello to the world for the first time. And then he thought again of the sty and the pigs because he felt, though it would have been hard to put the feeling into words, his mouth being so dry, that no one ever suspected that the, that, that the reassuring self-evident providence that took care of us all on a daily basis, quote, at one avoidable dawn hour, unquote, be simply the light flashing off the butcher's knife. And that that would, at the, at, the t- at the time when we least expected it, a time when we wouldn't even know why we should be facing that incomprehensible and terrifying last goodbye, quote, and there's no escape and nothing to be done about it, he thought as he shook his tangled locks in ever deeper melancholy, for who could possibly comprehend the idea that someone who, for whatever reasons, would happily carry on living forever should be kicked off the face of the planet and spend eternity with worms in some dark, stinking marsh. Now, when I hear this, I hear Ireland. You know, I hear... But I hear... I don't hear... I hear a preacher. I hear someone coming on, on a good, you know, Ash Wednesday or coming up to Easter, around the time of the crucifixion, to tell us all, to contemplate first and last things to contemplate birth and death and the small time in between and stop thinking about, you know, money and, and you know, um, food or, or, or clothes or love or human endeavour, to, just to go back to those things. I'm, I'm hearing a preacher. Mm. I'm hearing a religious tone in this. Mm. Um, this, is, this, is a, this is a revolt... A very ridiculous revolt uh, uh, from a very naive character. Perhaps he is, he is the most human figure from this community. And perhaps he is the most clever, but his, uh, his, uh, his wish to find a way out and... Uh, his wise uh, 
thinking away that uh, they haven't chance to find uh, to find a way out. The, that's all which uh, this character knows. And uh, when uh, he 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 think of the god or the god godless uh, world. This is uh, um, for my ear, and uh, today uh, um, quite re- ridiculous. Uh, this is uh, this is not a proof of uh, of uh, the presence of God in this book uh, for me today. Uh, perhaps uh, if uh, we could talk about uh, this book uh, or this word. Uh, Hungary in the in the late 70 perhaps I could uh, answer a little bit different but today when I when I when I hear this sentence um, I, 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 I I didn't find the presence of the God could you describe the conditions under which you wrote this book I mean where were you what was happening mm. what you were reading what books were on your desk, what books were in your mind, what was going on in the street? Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived uh, uh, in a countryside very far from Budapest, but uh, so far that uh, this place where I lived uh, was also very far from the next village. And uh, that was... Uh, that was uh, some some houses with uh, really with uh, with uh, peasants and tears and that's all and 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 rain many rain yes there's a lot of rain yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and absolute hopeless uh, sky and hopeless earth and so on uh, that was the circumstances. But that, I mean, that how was did, why were you there? Oh, pardon? Why were you there? Why? Yes. I chose that because uh, because uh, my world. Uh, uh, I was I was uh, uh, eighteen, uh, nineteen, nineteen years old, and that was that was the time when 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 people have to go uh, down and. Uh, I, I went down, and I lived there, and I I was absolutely okay there with these kind of people because that was so rough the life, so rough, so simply, uh, no heaven, no question questions about heaven or God or something, only how can I drink. The next uh, 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 palinka uh, spirit. Uh, that was the only question. Or what can we eat today? That was the second. And uh, the third, uh, actually, why you are here next to me? That was a very cruel word. And uh, the people there hadn't name, and uh, they were forever there. You know, I, I I had a feeling that this kind of people lived 
always down there below. And they are not uh, 30 years old or 60 years old, but uh, 6,000 years old, without names, uh, without, uh, without uh, 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 the smaller differences uh, uh, to, the, to, 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 to their father or grandfathers. Everybody was the same. Every, every fate was the same. Like the rain, you know, like the rain. They, a drop rain, a raindrop, drop rain, came down, and the next one. And th- that was absolutely the same between <coughs> the pe- people. That and was the word. And what were you reading? Saturn Tango. What? What were you reading? Um, pff, uh, the word literature. Dost- from Dostoevsky, pff, uh, uh, Dante. The, uh, the old old Greek literature, because I I, I could read uh, old Greek, and uh, and uh, some Romanian author like Matei Kalinescu, absolute unknown uh, writers, but genius. They they were genius, and uh, a lot of Faulkner. Uh, a lot of and Malcolm Lowe. Lo- oh, can, 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 can I just yeah. take you on Faulkner for a minute? Yeah. Can you can, can you just yeah. give me more? Uh, that was a very very lucky uh, case in in the Hungarian literature, translated literature, because some writer had luck with spatial translators. For example, Faulkner had a big luck with the Hungarian tra- with his Hungarian translator, and the Hungarian Faulkner's language was fantastic, fantastic. Like, actually, uh, Thomas Bernhard had a a, a very good uh, 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 Hungarian language uh, version, you know, or Shakespeare as well. That's very interesting. The Hungarian language uh, uh, gives uh, many chances to translate very different things. For example, the hexameter, pentameter, can f- work fantastic in Hungarian, but also the Shakespeare language. Uh, we have uh, translations um, uh, from uh, by, by Shakespeare in uh, from the 19th century, and that helped very much. Now t- nowadays uh, there are some new translations uh, by Shakespeare, but uh, this is uh, not not the best, uh, not the best uh, version. And uh, such such books. Uh, and uh, a lot of Bartók music, uh, and uh, much, uh, much more uh, uh, um, pieces uh, by Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, I, I mean, W. H. Auden, when he was asked, you know, how to make a writer, <laughs> he said, "Oh, it's very simple. Um, as much neurosis as the <laughs> child can take." <laughs> and you know, in other words, that that if you give um, a Hungarian writer in the 18, or sorry, in the ni- 1970s or 80s, um, a rural place to live in which time does not seem to have changed anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of rain, a lot of misery, a lot of alcohol. Dante, Dostoevsky, Faulkner, some strange Romanians, and some Shakespeare. <laughs> um, 
you know, all you need then is a temperament to capture that. I mean, some some writers would resist that and say, yeah. "Give me a comedy, or give me, you know, give me a novel about tractors." <laughs> uh, you know, um, but but obviously, these writers hit something in you that was already there. Yeah, I, I'm not calling it neurosis. I'm calling it talent. But um, nonetheless, it, 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 that's clearly the case. Uh, it belongs to this picture about this uh, this milieu uh, that I'm, I was not alone. Uh, uh, quite a lot of such k- kind of people lived in different spaces in the in, in the old old Hungary. Uh, only everybody lived lived uh, absolute alone, uh, absolute uh, uh, um, uh, far from the, from the other. Very similar. Uh, uh, tubes and uh, and uh, of course I was absolutely not a normal child uh, but uh, and of course uh, in this uh, in this uh, uh, hungry apocalypse uh, there there were a little bit a little bit strange uh, to read in a in a between tears between codes, for example, uh, to read uh, to read uh, uh, Shakespeare, but you had sometimes uh, similar experiences in the in the old Hungary that you went to a, a railway station in the night and. Uh, very m- big misery, and the mood is absolute, uh, 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 unbelievable, sad, and uh, hopeless, and everything. Uh, uh, rain, and uh, yeah. outside, and inside <laughs> also, yeah. And uh, you you find somebody in a, in a corner who, in this um, milieu, read. Uh, I don't know, Hölderlin. Read what? Hölderlin. Yes. That was, that, that happens very often. That was a very strange country. Very strange country. Today, this is a, yeah. Uh, before 1989, uh, Hungary was an absolute uh, uh, Unreal, crazy country. Un- unreal and uh, unreal and uh, and and and, and uh, unbearable. Abnormal and uh, unbearable. After 1989, Hungary became a normal and unbearable country. <laughs> That's the yes. only difference. Um, I, just want to, I just want to push you on two things, really. One is, um, if you could give me more detail, just more concrete detail. I mean, I don't want to pry into your private, you know, um, life, but uh, as the sentence, you know, sh- like shot out at me, um, not being a normal child. I mean, you know, in other words, having a sensibility mm. open to mm. the things you mentioned. Could mm. you could you give me more mm. about that? I mean, yeah. Where were you born? Where, 
well, well, I mean, what sort of house was it? What were your parents like? That, that sort of question? Uh-huh. Uh, my birthplace is... Yes, yes. Very near uh, to the uh, Hungarian-Romanian border. This is a small town, perhaps 20, <coughs> 24,000 people lived there. That was a really strange town, full with, uh, full, full with the remembering of the Austrian-Hungarian monarchy, but uh, without uh, sense, without reason. Uh, for example, uh, my, my, my Liebling's place for a while was in a house from the 19th century, and because of a library, the library uh, um, came from the 19th century, and that was a big library, I don't know, 40, 50,000 50, uh, 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 books. And uh, the man, who, the owner of this house, house, came also from the 19th century. You know, uh, his clothes were so dirty, or I don't know, but, the, but he hated, he hated really some cleaning or especially the, the cleaner who wanted to come every month. Oh, we all have that problem. That, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolute yeah. Um, yeah. his custom. That, and, uh, but, but, uh, th- and the pictures, uh, paintings from the 19th century were absolute in the same places then in the 19th century. Everything remains there. You know, and uh, that was, for example, for a, for, for for a few years, my 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 escape. But this town, Jula, was was and is his name. Jula uh, um, allowed to live there in a very special kind of life, and. Uh, uh, I was absolutely not alone, but uh, that was not a community. Again, the people lived um, in, in a distance bit, bit, uh, to the to the other family or or or, or people. And uh, my father was a, a frustrated uh, uh, social democrat in a communist uh, society. Uh, he had uh, a big heart uh, for the poor people, and uh, the poor people came to us always something to manage by my father. My mother was uh, the most beautiful woman in this area. Uh, everybody has the, uh, uh, the same mother, no? No, no, no. No, no? no? <laughs> And uh, and uh, and uh, <coughs> the border meant mean not only a border between two countries, but uh, the border of the world. We 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 didn't see anything if we looked 
direct to direction of the of the Romanian border, you know, okay. like in in East Berlin, Os- East Berlin and, and West Berlin between. Yes. I was I was in uh, 1987 at first in uh, in a free world in West Berlin, and my my translator, the German translator, lived in East Berlin. I was absolutely ill uh, when I have when I when I have to had had to go uh, to East Berlin, and uh, one day we stood in, in the knee of the of the Berlin uh, Wall. And uh, because, in uh, for me, existed the whole city, east and western part too. That's why I show where I'm I'm living uh, for my translator, and my trans through the war, yeah. and my translator's eyes were absolutely blind. They couldn't see through the wall, you know. Yeah. Only, only that was the only possibility, probably, yes. to live there in this absolute uh, idiotic uh, society. Yes. And, uh, and, and I wonder if part and that, of that was the case yeah, a little yeah. bit in Jula too. And I wonder if part of that difference between Hungary and Romania was also um, political, just just simply political. That when I went to Budapest first in 1990, and I spent a lot of time there. One day I was walking through the city with um, Ferenc Takas, you know, who's a, who's a literary critic, and I said to Ferenc, I had been looking at all the shop windows, and I saw Moulinex, for example. I saw all those things. I said, I said to him, like, when did Moulinex come to Budapest? Moulinex, you know. You have Moulinex, Moulinex here? And um, he said, he looked at me, and he, and he realized that I was in some way patronizing him, suggesting that it had come recently. And he said, I think Moulinex came to Budapest about the same time it came to Ireland. <laughs> you know, meaning that Hungary was different, that Hungary was in certain ways more open, certainly than Romania. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, wondering, more, I'm wondering if this made a difference to you. Um, I mean, living close to the Romanian border where you could get your dark vision, your rain, your bar talk, your you know, poisoning cats with rat poison <laughs> um, and um, your people. But, but then also um, Budapest itself as a literary culture, as a place where you could publish this book and find readers and find enough readers. I mean, all of us only need 10, really. Mm. Maybe six mm. on a bad day, you know, <laughs> 10 on a good one, who actually think maybe this is the most important thing I own at the moment <laughs> is your book. Mm. That uh, that I, I wonder if that literary culture was mm. as important to you mm. as the darkness, as the rain, as yes. the sort of medieval. Okay. Yes, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, in in the time of dic- dictatorship, uh, uh, the time was a, a flourish time for literature. Of course, uh, never was so high the prestige of the literature than this uh, 40, 50 years. And uh, the poets, especially the poets, <coughs> were the guts. Yes. Uh, for example, I... We have some poets I here say, tonight, so they'll be the very... Yeah. I, I, I saw, for example, on the street in Budapest once, uh, one day, Janusz Pilinski... Janusz Pilinski is a, was a poet, uh, one of my favorite uh, 
favorite poet, a god for me, a uh, very fra- fra- fragile god. And I, I hadn't courage to go to him and to ask something <coughs> because uh, he was uh, somewhere very, very high. And uh, the whole Hungarian literary life were absolutely full with fantastic, good poets, especially poets. The prose was, um, I don't know why, not so interesting. Actually, only after um, after the seventies, eighties, started the new Hungarian prose, and uh, came Nádor. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Trestarazi, me, and Curtis. But before, when I was a teenager or 20s, and 30s, uh, only poets. Uh, the poet, the poetry was fantastic, and uh, uh, I, I, I tell you how beautiful was or how beautiful is the Hungarian poetry from this time. But uh, they will never know uh, or prove that because this is really uh, non-translatable. If you agree with me. Uh, uh, that means uh, all in all the poetry was fantastic in the rain and uh, next to the rain and next to the uh, uh, frustrated frustrated society um, I, I just want to read this other passage to you just to go back to what I'm talking about first ideas of what, I mean, what do you put into the novel if you take so much out in other words, you could, uh, you could um, if you were John Cage, just simply leave, and leave the pages blank okay. and say, well, this is enough for you. There, I mean, what more could you possibly want mm. than the emptiness? Mm. But this isn't the way these novels work. Uh, they, they work with an enormous plenitude. They're absolutely filled, and they're filled with sentences. And sometimes, um, I mean, the word paragraph 
doesn't describe a paragraph um, because the paragraphs are so filled with their paragraphness. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I, I just wonder, wonder if I could just put this, just try this on you to see what you would say. Um, um, this is a character speaking, obviously it's not you speaking, but it's a character speaking. It doesn't matter what we saw just now. It, means, it still means nothing. Heaven, hell, the afterlife, all nonsense, just a waste of time. The imagination never stops working, but we're not one jot nearer the truth. Petrina finally relaxed. And notice it's just a different character. It's much later in the book. Um, he knew now that everything was all right. And also what he should say, and also what he should say so his companion might be his old self again. Okay, just don't shout so loud, he whispered. Don't we have enough trouble as it is? Then God is not made manifest in language, you dope. He's not manifest in anything. He doesn't exist. Well, I believe in God, Petrina cut in outraged. Have come some consideration for me, at least, you damn atheist. Then God was a mistake. I've long understood there is zero difference between me and a bug or a bug and a river or a river and a voice shouting above it. There's no sense or meaning in anything. It's nothing but a network of dependency under enormous fluctuating pressures. It's only our imagination, not our senses, that continually confront us with failure and the false belief that we can raise ourselves by our own bootstraps from the miserable pulp of decay. There's no escaping that stupid. And I, I suppose what I'm suggesting to you is that there is escaping that stupid, which is language, which is the idea of listing things, of naming things, of getting on with the next sentence, of even letting the current sentence run and run and see where it will take you. That, that the rhythm of things, the rhythm of words, gives you an enormous energy and you fill the book with it, even though you don't really want to. Would that, would that be anywhere near the truth? I, I wanted, I wanted this speed. I wanted this rhythm and, uh, and uh, musicality in, in the text. Uh, and um, something, uh, I, have, I have to confess something. Uh, before this book, I, have to, I had to write only this book and no more. This is very often, perhaps, uh, for, uh, for writers, that, uh, that uh, you try to write only one book and everything you, 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 you want to say in this one book. And that was absolute, absolute, uh, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't uh, wish or desire to be, uh, to be a writer in a literary life. Uh, I lived so far from this kind of, uh, uh, kind of life and I couldn't imagine me in a role of a writer you know, and I, I, I hadn't desire uh, to be a writer. I wanted to write this book, but really, no, not more. Uh, and that's why this uh, this tension that I have to write only one book, and this is my only possibility, something to do, something, something different, uh, or or or. To, to create my own literary world with my sentences. Perhaps uh, that could be one reason of this, uh, of this uh, uh, 
different musicality or, the energy. or energy mm-hmm. or speed because actually the, the, the right style actually is the, the, right, uh, the right speed I think so uh, and uh, this is the case uh, I think so in, 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 the, in the language and if you, if you want to, if you have something to, to say this is the first point and after that if you want uh, to to tell somebody for somebody uh, to tell somebody what you have to say after that uh, you have a, a very big tension and uh, in this uh, under this tension you 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 start to write a little bit like you like you think without that because uh, uh, that time uh, was uh, uh, the first when I had a feeling that the, sen- the, the, the short sentences or the sentences uh, uh, with that are some artificial uh, thing and we are thinking of uh, often uh, that uh, uh, the right sentence is actually the short, clear, clear uh, sentences. But I think so, ab- especially after this uh, first uh, novel, that uh, no, if you have uh, if you have a big, d- deep desire to something something to say, uh, and uh, you 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 find a way between the language and uh, your thinking. Uh, uh, thinking way, in this case, uh, in this case, uh, the dots uh, uh, becomes uh, become absolute uh, unnecessary, and later, after uh, after a few novels, uh, or today, I think that uh, that uh, perhaps we can we can speak also about the fact that the coma belongs to us but the dot not belongs to us uh, uh, right and so the problem then becomes um, how do you translate this uh, George I just wonder if you could come up and just sit where I'm sitting <laughs> for, for a minute and I'll just I'll just, sit, I'll just I'll move um, The first novel of Laszlo, as I translated, was not Satan Tango, which is his first novel. It was The Melancholy of Resistance. And I began it by starting on page one with the first sentence. And the first sentence is about half a page. And, and as you move through this first sentence, this, this first half a page, you realise it has a certain kind of... Well, I suppose you could call it a kind of poetic. You don't think of it like that. You just think of it as a <laughs> headache to start with. You think of it as a kind of problem because you have a half a page of a sentence and you think, well, how do you reorganise this in, into English? Because you can't simply follow the syntax. You can't simply follow the order. It's a different syntax. So at one level, you're asking, what's this sentence up to? What is it um, offering you? What is it, what is it looking for? 
how do you find a kind of voice which would be convincing in English in that respect? And when you do turn it into English, um, what kind of noise is it? And I, I think I'm fairly certain that the noise, I can only speak about my own translations here, that the noise is distinctly related, but of course it's now transplant, transplanted and it's in another language and it's another culture, so it has a slightly different effect. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to learn to live with that effect. The effect of the long sentences, as Laszlo has just said, you know, the, the sentence, the second book after Melancholy Resistance was War on War, which has sentences which go on for eight pages. Each chapter is a sentence. So in effect, you're kind of swimming in something. I think the first time I described the um, sense of reading it, um, it was like a lava flow, I said. It's a kind of flow of lava, and it's going to get you. It, 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 it's kind of just kind of on your trail, um, and you've got to keep moving with it. You're aware of this great heavy kind of darkness which is moving on. Um, and you know that it's not primarily in, in, in the um, way of looking primarily for narrative, for, for page turning. It, each of these is a, a, those sentences is a condition. It's a kind of state. And that is the density, that is the lava-like density of it. Um, the, it was very slow. Um, I had headaches regularly. I think I could translate about a page at a time. Um, and then I had to take a good long rest. And sometimes that would be the end of the day's work. I mean, and this was very, very, it, it was incredibly guilty work, but it was so slow. Um, but I do remember on one occasion, um, I don't know how, maybe you rang me, I, I, I think, and, 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 because I'd finally given it in. Um, it took four years. And I said it would take a year and a half, and it took longer. Um, and I said, the first thing I said to you was, I'm so sorry, it's taken me so long. And w what was rather lovely about the reply, he said, he kind of laughed and he said, well, it took me six years to write. <laughs> so in a way, I didn't feel quite so bad after that. But the translation uh, cost, I think, so 10 years. Oh, no, well, it's never yes. been as long as that. Was it? <laughs> that was 10 years. I don't know how to... But, you know, what you're doing is you're trying to find a poetic. I, I call it a poetic rather than, if you like, a kind of storyline. What is this kind of world? How do these people speak? And I think it's actually one of the things that maybe hasn't quite come out yet is I think it's funny, or at least it's funny in its own sort of way. And um, there's a passage in uh, Melancholy Resistance. Um, th there's this anarchic mob is going to run through town, and the man who used to be the professor of music has been told by the local simpleton, who's a rather marvellous man, he says, look, you must board up your windows. Do it now, board up your windows. But this man has never done any physical work in his life. So he spends a page trying to decide if my hammer is in this hand and if the nail is there, do I hold the hammer here? Do I hold the hammer there? Do I look at the nail? Do I look at the head of the hammer? <laughs> and, and you watch this thing proceed, and it's of vital importance to him. In the time of the socialism, 
in the last years, I don't know, 1987 or 8, a, a wonderful um, uh, film director made a film, a documentary film, uh, about this scene. I had, you had, uh, and, and that was Sunday evening in the main part of the, of the program. In the socialist Hungary, could you imagine only as a face and 40, 40 minutes long try to explain what is the right movement if you, if you want this. 40 minutes long. The people begin, be, began to feel that uh, the, the socialism, uh, socialism is over. <laughs> <laughs> it would never be over. <laughs> Excuse me. I think you begin to listen in. You don't know. Um, I think all translators have this, and there may be translators um, in the audience, that after a time you find a voice that works. And in the end, you think this voice would never have existed without the original, but you never quite know whether it's mm. part of your own voice or, or, or the books itself. Um, and you can only really be convinced um, by finishing it. You don't really know until you've kind of done it. And it, it, it's, a, it's a painful process. It's a slow process. It's, it has speeded up. It has speeded up because I kind of think I've learned certain things in the process of doing it. The tenor of the thing is a little clearer. Um, well, it, it, I kind of know the world a bit more. That that world, which is a visionary world, um, and I probably had to do thing about between the god and the satanic thing. It's a visionary world which is looking for order, and there's always a sense of somebody saying, "Well, it's not so much we want God, but we want to know our place. What is this system we're in?" And it's this extraordinary thing at the end of Melancholy. Um, in which you see the decomposition of a body. Um, the man who is um, the, the music professor I mentioned, he's looking for a scene of perfect tuning. Somebody's looking for a perfect political system. Everything but everything is, is, a, is a matter of accumulating a sense of order. But if you just can't, it doesn't work. The order falls apart. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Miranaki is absolutely loosed upon the world um, because anarchy is the natural state of affairs which is going to catch you. But sometimes, in the process of getting you, it's kind of funny, and sometimes it's, it's horrible. And, and the, the scene that you... Or in the same time. Well, often, you know, there's a passage which you were talking about with the girl, the little mm. girl, the simple girl who kills with a cat and, mm. and the poison oh, yeah. and okay. so forth, which is it is horrible. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And, and, and she's undergoing a, a terrible crisis, yes? Uh, she is she a sacrifice of course, uh, a sacrifice is not so uh, funny. <laughs> no, but, uh, but in this in this book, she is the only one who who is really without humor, without sarcasm. Yeah, and, and there's a every other every other people there in Satantango. We we are talking uh, about the Satan. Yeah, sure. Absolute uh, fall with humor or sarcasm. Not, not the, cat, yeah. not the characters. Yes, yes, yes. It is, yeah. they, they in a, it's, it's a cosmography that you're really kind of getting. And you're saying it, it's not so much this desolate place in which nobody's got work, in which they're waiting for some yeah. kind of messianic but slightly terrifying figure. And he's coming, of course. And he's definitely <laughs> coming. He's going to be there. And 
it looks as though he's going to sort out their problems. And he does address them as though he were some yeah. kind of priest, as, as he said, you know, delivering, us, especially after the death of a girl. I mean, he delivers them as sort of more or less a kind of hellfire sermon in, in, in his own terms. Except you know that he's, he's, he's a kind of metaphysical crook. He's a metaphysical... He's a kind of embodiment of certain... Um, satanic is too strong because it's so specific for us. But it's the principle of decomposition. And, and he somehow is at the very kind of r- root of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm burbling on. I'm just a translator. But I think that, that with, the, with this... Um, it helps to know that in some way. It helps to kind of understand the world you're in. Um, and then you're simply trying to balance the darkness, the slowness, um, with the human predicament, but also with this kind of black humor, yeah. which um, underlies sort of everything. And I think you ought to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, George. George, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, so I wonder if there's anyone in the audience um, um, would like to ask a question or make a statement or explain the universe to us because we really don't know. Um, oh, great. We've got two, uh, three. So let, let's go one, two, three. We'll start with you, Ruth. Only I beg you nothing about God. <laughs> This is about a sort of God. I just keep hearing <laughs> Beckett somewhere. Is Beckett an important writer for you? Or of course, of course. Uh, he, he is, uh, he is uh, one of the first of, uh, on my old and new list, of course. Uh, Beckett uh, found also a very good translator in Hungary. Not for the pro, not his prose, but his, his, his plays. Uh, especially the big, uh, famous uh, um, uh, plays uh, uh, Waiting for Godot and so on. In the time of the Waiting for Godot, uh, we, could, uh, we could really enjoy like, like, like a new uh, Hungarian language because uh, in the translated literature, in, a, in, in a Hungarian language, we got a new language always. Uh, the word, uh, the word of, uh, of uh, around Beckett, or the word around Faulkner or Dostoevsky or Dante, uh, are, were, were really present for us, because uh, that was not only a new language, a new rhythm, and so on, but a new word, Dante. It's enough for the life, for a whole life, or Beckett also. Uh, of course, of course, Beckett was a very, very important person, and I see him always on a on a <coughs> on a, on a beach. Uh, Beckett uh, has an early uh, poem, and uh, very fine. You can you can you can see a figure, um, a man, perhaps perhaps he is the figure who walks next to the waves. And I remember always of this picture, always like he walked, uh, Beckett's walks in the near, in the near of the waves. Yeah. It's very important. Do you really, do you like to okay. 
Um, I haven't read um, San Tango yet, but I, I have seen the movie. Um, um, and um, it's so long and so so strange, uh, yeah. the movie. It makes me think that it must be faithful to the book. Um, I just wondered how you felt about the relationship between the film and the, and the book. Uh, I didn't like very much the film directors, especially not the type like Bela. He is one of my best friends today. But, <coughs> but he, he told me, uh, or we, we, we make, uh, we make uh, our last film with the Turin horse. And uh, after that, we became really good friends. Right, so, but, so, so just, just be clear yeah. that, that the film The Turin Horse, uh, directed by Bellatar, which opened at last year, Yes. Yes. So that w- you're saying that when that was finally made, and you say we won't work together again, then you could say, right, let's go drinking, let's go, let's enjoy ourselves. Is that, is that, is that what you're saying? Wow. <laughs> and uh, 1985 uh, was Satan Tango, uh, like a book published, and uh, that was. Almost impossible, such a book to to read in a leg in a leg up way. That was uh, that was uh, uh, until today actually, which, which I haven't idea why was it possible. But before, uh, like a manuscript, like a samis that uh, the whole intellectuals uh, uh, read it, the book, and uh, Bela read as well and. Uh, Eastern mon- uh, Monday, early morning, about six o'clock or absolute impossible uh, un- time, somebody knocked on the door, at the door. And Bela was an unknown person for me, and I lived uh, in night, uh, in the night, not uh, six o'clock. That was a, the, the, the terrible time for me. And he was very aggressive, and I had to speak uh, with him. And uh, he said, uh, I'm Bill Attar. <coughs> I read, I finished, even now, uh, your book, Satan Tango. I, we, I want to make a film from this book. Yeah, really? I asked, and I closed the door. <laughs> and, uh, but that was a big mistake, because... Uh, Bela loved very much this kind of type, who whose first instinct, <laughs> this this uh, close the door and, and he came into the bus uh, window I don't know where, <laughs> and the, the 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 question was the same. Do you want to uh, uh, do you want to work uh, together with me? No, <laughs> I said, okay, good. In this case, next week we, we, we started. We started, and so on. And, and slowly, I understand uh, uh, my my best um, way uh, to say, "Okay, Bela, everything is okay. Go home, and everything everything uh, everything is uh, wonderful. You can make a film, but without me." That was the first uh, first uh, 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 agreement or something like that. And after that, uh, the next week, of course, I was in the f- 
in, in the play <laughs> when, 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 when he made uh, the first uh, uh, the first uh, pictures about the possible possible places and uh, I worked very very strict uh, next to Bela especially for this for this film Satantago and uh, the, the 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 faithfulness uh, between the the movie and uh, and uh, and the uh, and the book has a very very simply ex- explanation. Uh, namely, uh, we couldn't do any other f- movie, only this one in uh, seven and a half hour, because if we try to uh, leave something. If we try to throw away something, the whole construction disappeared, or, or something, something uh, happened, something wrong, and we had to back back everything. And so, uh, would be this film so long? But so long. What does it mean so long? A revolution costs, uh, takes uh, much more time, and uh, we wanted to make a revolution. Bela has uh, really uh, a big uh, affinity to make something, to, to make change something in the world. This is not my uh, uh, case, but I like this kind of kind of man, like Bela Tarrant. This remains until our death. <laughs> there is a question over there. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask about the whale and melancholy of resistance because when I was six years old in 1971 I was taken to see a whale in a truck that had come to my small town after travelling for years all around Europe and it, and it kind of imprinted this memory could you, of my could, could you explain just the presence of the whale in the novel just for people who haven't oh, read yeah, it? Yeah, I guess in, in the novel there's a, a whale that comes to town there's a poster for it I mean, it's like... For years I thought I dreamt this thing. I went in a thunderstorm and the smell and the sound of the rain and the thing like kind of hypnotised me. And for years I thought it was a dream until I got the book. And I thought, well, maybe it is a dream. <laughs> I wondered if it if it'd come to your town because I, I read later that it did travel all over Europe for many years. And it ended up in Sheffield, actually, if anyone wants to go and see it. <laughs> so did you see the whale in the truck? Pardon? Did you the see the whale in the truck? Yes, I was. Uh, I was. So uh, I was a child, yeah, and uh, that was that was uh, that was a really uh, absolute uh, unbelievable, you know, because uh, I I thought like a child, not so a little child, but uh, perhaps twelve or thirteen years old. I was. And I saw the well, and uh, I saw that if it is possible, everything is possible. You know, and that was the essence of this of this uh, meeting for me. Oh wow! Today, I think a little bit different. <laughs> okay, and uh, maybe we take one more. Uh, how, how are we for time, or what are we doing? That's fine. Okay. A- a- anybody else? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, great. 
You read us that passage about uh, Kyoto at the beginning, and I was wondering, is that from a novel that you've written about Japan that's still to be published in English? No, uh, this, is, this is only one short sentence. And uh, absolutely rootless, aimless, unnecessary. Nobody wanted to read it or... I am not sure that I wanted to write it, but I thought it. Absolute. Uh, that was that was my 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 uh, my up, my farewell from Kyoto. This kind of sentence. Are you intending to write any novels about Japan or China? Yes, I have. Uh, I have a novel, but not about Japan. The place is Japan. Rather, rather so. This is right, more right. Uh, and China? This is, mm, in China, yes. Uh, by Seagull. By Seagull comes uh, uh, non-fiction fiction uh, under the title approximately. It depends, of course, on uh, Mr. Sirtash. Uh, destruction and Sorrow Under the Heaven. Uh, so could you give us the title again? Destruction and Sorrow. And Sorrow Under the Heavens. Yeah. It's a beautiful title. Destruction and Sorrow <laughs> Under the Heavens. Come on, it couldn't get better. This is only a walk title. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but this is about China. About Japan, uh, I, have a, I have a smaller novel uh, with a very strange title from North Hill, from South, uh, I don't know, Mountain, from 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 east uh, river from south uh, from west uh, I don't know what pond uh, and uh, we have a plan uh, with uh, the new di- new directions in uh, in New York uh, after the Sayobo we we will publish it yeah okay. but this is not about Japan but in Japan uh, the story is in Japan actually this is a Kind of this is a version of the Genji Monogatari, <coughs> not a version after the Genji Monogatari. Yeah. That's what you yes. end by reading the text. So that is going to end by reading a text. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I'm terribly sorry, but this is also a text uh, very new, uh, and uh, I, I, I will read. Uh, some uh, some details from the whole. Uh, later in the next future, you can read the whole text uh, in the New York Times, and uh, this is also a text uh, without uh, humor. Excuse me. This is this is today. Perhaps tomorrow I could uh, I could make some absolute different uh, thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Someone's knocking at my door. Translated by George Sitasha. I've been living in complete silence for months, I might say for years, with just the usual dull sounds you hear at the outskirts of town, the occasional echo of steps in the corridor, and farther off in the stairwell, someone dragging a sack, a carpet, a package or a corpse, God knows what, along the ground. 
or the sound of the lift as it slows, stops, opens, then closes and starts to rise or descend. Every so often, a dog barks briefly, someone laughs or shouts. But everything dies away, soon lost in the constant low-level murmur of the street outside. That is what complete silence is like around here. There are, of course, times I put on the Zelenka mess or listen to one of András Schiff's Voltemperitas Clavier interpretations or take out Spoon, Karen Dalton or Rick Chestnut. But after a few bars, I turn it off so it may be quiet again because I want to be ready and I don't want anything disturbing going on when he arrives and finds me. To be honest, I wouldn't have been surprised if he hadn't knocked but beat at the door or simply kicked the door in. But now that I hear the knocking, it's clear there is no difference between his knocking and beating or kicking the door in. I mean really no difference. The point being, being that I am that certain it is him who else, he of whom I know, and have always known that he would come. The most tragic figure in history is the one in whom two terrible conditions meet. The two conditions that meet and combine in him are bottomless idiocy and unbounded aggression. Someone once said, he was a self-exiled Hungarian writer in San Diego, that this kind of person inevitably crawls from the gutter during one of those historical laws. I don't agree. There is never a sufficiently long law in history. If he did ever live in one of those filthy historical sewer systems, he has been at liberty for many a long year now, for decades, ready to raise flags, discover kindred spirits, move about in groups, and organize secret meetings. He is rarely alone, but is always to be found in one of those indeterminate military uniforms. His ideas, nonsensical or non-existent, since these are simply obligatory forms of hatred, hatred being his raison d'etre, his guiding principle, a hatred whose object is usually only hinted at. So hatred never lacks an object, an object being very much the point, and I should know since I am that object. I'm not ready. When asked to give his name, he prefers to remain silent because even if he has a name as such, he doesn't really have one because he has no need of one. He is entirely subsumed in his function, his hatred, the hatred that should be his proper name. That is, if he has to have a name, through what he loves best is having no name, enormity being his natural condition his desire to become of sufficient weight to kill, 
to deliver a fatal blow, a single terminal blow that has accurately located its object. He loves it when he catches one. He stands in front of him and draws himself up to his full height to show how big he is compared to the other man, the image of brute force facing up to an asthmatic weakling, the storm meeting the dew. And it is wonderful to know you represent overpowering strength while the other is a repulsive, squirming zilch. It's the weak who invite violence that are the problem. And this kind of weakness has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the condition that determines his nameless, unlocatable, extratemporal being, that produces him, discards him, and will continue to produce him as long as the world exists. Because his own weakness, and let's not call it weakness, let's call it sensitivity. In other words, his sensitivity is the result of the infinite exploitation that constitutes his sense of being that is his being. No one has said of his kind, and therefore neither neither has he that anyone personally desires to be nameless, placeless, and timeless. Nor has he or his kind ever desired such a thing, nor that he should spend a whole day at the gym. Not for a moment did he want it, nor did he have any desire as his understanding matured to become a muscle-bound colossus kept alive on a diet of sheer hate. Whoever cared about such things, and now he should be citing the ancient Greeks to explain why he is really like he is why he is what he is, why he feels so strongly about the weak, why precisely about the weak, since no one gave a toss about them, really no one, no one at all. They shit on them in the past and are shitting on them now, and that's how it will go on. Although if we are talking about the weak, it's a no-brainer to point out that the fundamental aspect of his universally undesired, unnamed, rootless, forced into the shadows being is his own weakness, or more precisely his sensitivity. Because it is not the weak that are weak, it is him, and he is quite willing to carve this fact out with his back knife or, and pour lead into anyone's ear about it, because the true situation is that Uh, that is that throughout all of history he is the only one who is the real loser every time, not those irritating snail fuckers. He is absolutely justified in hating since he, who knows more about real weakness than anyone else, is brave enough to say this to anyone at any time. Because he may be a mass of terrible muscle, he may be a giant, an ultra, a super, and a champ, at the sight of whom all those irritating pretenders to weakness treat themselves. But he is the truly weak and truly sensitive, the true outcast, the one doomed to remain so throughout history, and he will confess that there are times he almost cracks when left alone in filthy lodgings, 
where he remembers, because so it has tended to happen recently that he couldn't properly follow the way of the sun and lies there unable to sleep, and he finds himself thinking of it, of his own weakness, his own sensitivity, his own vulnerability, and the thought that he should do something about all this, that he should, in other words, sweep away those who would supplement him and cheat him of his role, meaning those filthy little maggots who use weakness as a mask, swept away those whining pretenders to weakness, those parasites, and settled with them for once and for all, which means he has to drag them down, surge them out again, but do it properly this time with a clear agenda in full view to discover where they are hiding so that the truly weak and the truly sensitive might finally emerge into the sunlight, find their rightful place and earn a name that fits them. To track down and discover behind which filthy, which filthy dark door, on which filthy dark floor of which shabby tenement block they are covering, looking to exploit someone who will not be exploited, him that is, since tracking down and discovering his child's play for him. So hell, he'll draw himself up to his full hate, set out and find them just like that within seconds, in a pub, at a movie, or at a rail station, and can already see the six-story block with its ramshackle fire stairs, its crumbling entrance and crumbling stairwell, and he doesn't take the elevator but chooses to go by the stairs, and no sooner there he has found it, and silently slips past doors until he gets to the number six, displayed on one of them and it takes no special skill he can tell by the smell because they stink so much so he'd find them even among thousands so there's just this figure whose turn has come and he can practically hear him covering behind the door practically hear him breathing and he won't spare him since it's this sort of person who has ruined everything and whose place will now be taken by genuine losers who shouldn't spare them but shouldn't beat their heads in because that's all they deserve subhuman as they are, like rodents, and rodents are vermin. He stands in front of number six and sees himself as he says to himself, I had to do something. I must defend myself. I simply have to get to him, because I won't give up without a fight. I set out to find him. I searched for him and, and found him. I tracked down the block where he was lying in wait. I saw the entrance. I have climbed the stairs to his floor. I know which apartment it is. This one. And this is his door. Number six. I raised my hand. I could beat at the door. But for him, it's enough that I knock. Thanks.
And um, Lazar, there, there are books up here, and um, Lazar is going to um, sit for here, maybe. That's better. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, as as Laszlo will be here for a while, we've got plenty on sale. And Colm, so please do stay around and come and uh, buy books, get your book and um, ask any more questions. Um, this is part of our World Literature Series of Events here in the bookshop. The next one, which is also a Literary Friendships event, will be taking place in January, on Friday, January the 11th, with Tim Parks in conversation with Peter Stamm. Um, but for this evening, I'd just like to thank you all for coming along. Um, thank George Sotis for joining in the conversation, but most of all to thank Con Tobin and Laszlo Krasnohorka. Thank you for joining us for this London Review Bookshop event. For more, visit our website at www.londonreviewbookshop.co.uk or search for the London Review Bookshop on iTunes. <laughs>